0: Welcome to Pencils Down, a Finalis podcast. This is a show for listeners wanting to learn more about the ins and outs of the private securities brokerage landscape. Each episode will feature insightful conversations with the world's leading investment bankers, placement agents, capital providers, startup CEOs, and more. And with that, let's get into the show. Justin. Thanks so much for joining us here on Pencil Sound.
1: Absolutely. Good to, good to talk to you again and looking forward
0: to catching up. I usually start by asking our guests to share a little bit about their path to investment banking. You know, specifically, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what led you to form West Cove Partners and how long you've been at it. That's a loaded question, but probably pretty easy to, to answer. Um
1: I, my entire career has been in investment banking, and um, that, that's now be my 20th year. Um, this August when I actually started as a healthcare banker out of a boutique firm in, in Boston, uh, and spent the better part of my career um, uh, with that organization, um, helping build it, opening up their West Coast uh, location, building out the team, and growing kind of the caliber of transactions that we were we were doing. Um, I've closed probably about 75 or 80 transactions over my career, of which the majority of those were were over the last 10 years. Um, And just reached a personal inflection point of of realizing that what I was hoping to achieve professionally was not going to be able to be accomplished at this uh, prior firm. And so set off to, um, to decide if it made sense to join a larger firm and bring my healthcare service experience to an organization or uh, to start a firm. And um, after doing a lot of soul searching and spending a lot of time with my mentors, um, talking to the community and the private equity firms and um, lawyers and and accountants that I had relationships with for the last 10 years, just kept coming back to realizing that um, we could, if we were focused on providing execution excellence, being very selective with the clients that we engage with, and the number one thing is making sure we're hiring the very best people to join our team. That we could we could create something pretty special in a firm which has now become Westco. So we just we're halfway through our second year. Um, we're, we're we're excited about the fact that we've closed uh, seven or seven transactions in the last eight months. Uh, we're a team. As of next week, we'll be a team of nine. Uh, bankers all on your platform, uh, myself included. And um, we're off to a really, really solid and exciting start.
0: Thank you for that. I mean, obviously the West Cove story, you know, West Cove really being one of Finalis's early partners as Finalis was getting off the ground a couple of years ago to today. I mean, we've seen that growth firsthand. I wanted to come back to something you mentioned earlier, which is this notion of an inflection point where you were effectively realizing that perhaps the the platform where you were at previously wasn't necessarily enabling you to achieve what you sought to achieve given your career objectives. Can you shed a little bit of light in terms of what it was that you were looking to solve for from a career perspective that ultimately led you to want to form your own boutique investment bank? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am a firm believer that
1: to be a successful banker in middle market, which is where all of my experience has been. And we define middle market as transaction value up to half a billion dollars. You need to have the technical capabilities to execute on transactions, but you need to bring a you need to have a personal demeanor that um, has an appreciation for what an entrepreneur embarked on when they started their respective business. Um, and that was something that I have always appreciated in the clients that I was servicing uh, or serving through a, through a and acquisition process, which is where all of my time has been spent. Um, and I just realized that as a to be in addition to that to be successful as a banker, um, it is it can be very much one-dimensional. If you create a team around yourself that, respects the work that the managing director or the VP or a director does in a process, um, and you serve as a mentor and a coach to those individuals to allow them to grow professionally and stretch their capabilities, that you can scale up a business, or my thought was you could scale up a business pretty quickly. And so I think there are a lot of bankers that have a that have a very one-dimensional approach towards processes, and I actually um, approach things from a very different perspective in a different way, which is like, how do we include everyone and part of these teams so that they're growing and that they're learning from each respective transaction, and bringing the best practices that we know into every transaction, also learning in each of those transactions. And I thought that if, if we started with hiring really good people that, um, that appreciated that approach as opposed, as opposed towards what the experience... That they would have it a bulge bracket working 110 or 120 hours a week with very little appreciation for the, the, the time and effort that went into that that we could create a firm that is respected by those middle market to low, lower lower mid-market to mid-market entrepreneurs that um, remember what it was like to start in the very beginning um, when they were building their business and how important doing servicing the clients or the customers that they were trying to sell to at the, in the earlier days um, that if we approach it in a very similar way, that it would resonate with the market. And more than anything, it would resonate with the referral sources um, that were getting frustrated with the, the touch points or the experience that they were having uh, when they were making introductions to what are, are now competitors as healthcare bankers. And so that's kind of what we embarked um, and what I, what I was looking for when I started Westcove.
0: That's an incredibly insightful response. And you know, I think one of the things that you mentioned there that I thought we might spend a little bit of time on is just this notion that you know ultimately, investment banking really comes down to people and the quality of the human capital that you're able to assemble to solve customer problems. It seems that on a daily basis, uh, you know newspapers like The Wall Street Journal or Financial Times talk about, you know, the challenge that, Large bulge brackets and and boutiques have in attracting and retaining quality talent. Tell me a little bit about West Cove's strategy to attract and retain talent. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good question. Um, I'll start off by
1: saying we're not we're not mature enough to Know that the way we've created this sort of approach, approaches is correct. I think in two years from now, I'll ask that same question, and I hope I can give a very similar answer with a proven track record of it being correct. Um, but we we've, we've started off with um, hiring people that really have a have a have a passion of being in investment banking, but also aren't necessarily focused on going to bulge bracket firms. And so I think that's been one of our big. Um, pull that we've had for our team, um, which are a series of previous investment bankers that I've worked with or have not worked with that left larger investment banks and joined West Cove. Individuals that are graduating from business school had opportunities to join bulk bracket banks and elected not to and come and joined us. It's because we are leading with client service first. Um, and a, a in parallel with that, we're leading with how do we create an environment for our team members that um, is... Is focused on not only doing great work for our clients, but also giving a great experience to them through like the coaching and mentorship, which I believe will in the long run create a lot of value for, for West Coast because we are creating a lot of value for these individuals. Um, and so we, we're, we're looking for people that are collaborative in how they work together, which is what obviously everyone aspires to do. But, um, I'm not afraid of kind of ripping the band off bandaid off of someone that, maybe a great banker, but not a great person for our culture as an organization, um, or um, aren't aren't being, the way in which they're interacting with our clients is somehow rubbing our clients the wrong way. And I think that that, that someone's ability to communicate with clients, ability to represent an organization or a, or a business owner that has not been through this and making sure that they feel like we are looking out for everything What's in the best interest of them, not just from a financial perspective, but also from an emotional perspective in this process. And what is this going to mean for their people that have been with them from the very beginning? Or what's this mean for their employees and the benefits for them? And how do I how do, how do we how do we showcase that we're trying to be thoughtful of all those people? That starts for us with hiring people that just have high emotional intelligence. Um, and I think we've done a really good job of screening that. Um, at the end of the day, as we just said a few minutes ago, uh, investment banking is very technical in nature, but you can teach that very easily. What you can't teach is someone's genuine interest in doing right by your clients and, and trying to make them feel like we're the security blanket for them, which is a big part of how we, like, why we set it on the name West Cove. We were trying to come up with a, a, name, that, a name that embodied that was, what is a cove? What does the cove suggest It's the ability to actually like protect in a storm or go into a place that's, that's got some, um, um, some, um, some protection in, in, a, in a difficult situation. And like that, that that's part of our name and, and our brand was making sure that we kind of project that as an organization. And that
0: obviously starts with our people. Thank you for that. It was incredibly insightful. And I think just stemming off of what you said, you know, you, you mentioned kind of creating kind of a, a customer first culture and inculcating that across the team, curious to learn a little bit on your perspective of having grown and skilled the team in the midst of a COVID pandemic that forced all of us to work from home. You know, so much about investment banking and professional services, certainly talent development in professional services is about, to a certain extent, creating a, an office culture and an office environment. Tell me a little bit about how you overcame that challenge Given the fact that the pandemic forced us all to work from home? Um, well, I'll break it into two parts. One,
1: and this isn't what you're asking, but um, some people have asked, like, what was it like to start an investment bank in the midst of a pandemic? Um, and I would actually say it actually was a huge benefactor for us. Um, the ability, the efficiencies we were able to create by transacting in a remote environment as opposed to just traveling to clients or traveling to prospects to get clients created a, an enormous amount of efficiency in these processes, which I hope stays. Um, we're starting to see it change a little bit, but um, the amount of time that we're traveling as an organization um, is still very small. Um, I think with the exception of maybe one or two of the clients that we closed, all the other transactions were done entirely remotely, including the buyers not meeting with with our, with our what was at the point, the client and ultimately their acquisition target. So I think it, it actually created a lot of efficiency. Um, In the processes, how we managed through COVID was we started every single morning at 8 a.m. with a video call, which we started from from the day, not day one, but as soon as it became obvious that Zoom was how we were going to live our lives. So probably in you know May June of last year, when when it was myself and um, who are now two of our associates, Dimitri and Scott, who were at the who were at the time um, finishing their excuse me, we're doing their summer internship with West Cove during their MBA program at UCLA Anderson. We started every morning and we've carried that through until we moved into an office about six weeks ago with an 8 a.m. call, which was the entire team coming together and talking about kind of what's going on in the news from a market perspective. But more importantly, what do we need to get accomplished today and this week on behalf of our clients or our prospects that we're working on? And so we kind of set that expectation from from the very beginning of COVID and carried that through. We, it was all on Zoom. It would be, my expectation is that we were on camera so that we were actually having interaction and we could. Um, we were forced to be paying attention in these environments and these calls. Um, so that's the first thing we did. I think from a cultural standpoint, cultural standpoint, um, we, we tried to get together on a monthly basis, either like at my home for dinner when it was appropriate with masks and things like that, but we, we did our best to be together um, somewhat frequently in, in an informal, um, informal way, but getting to know each other, trying to be like as prudent as we could, obviously, because of COVID in particular, in particular, those early days. Um, and then as things started to open back up, we were together a little more frequently, um, in social settings. Um, and then we, like I said, about six weeks ago, maybe it's eight weeks ago, we, we moved into an office and, and it's been an adjustment because I think we all became so, um, so disciplined what we were doing in our home environment. We're now trying to figure out like. How do, we, how do we as a firm create um, an appropriate balance between giving people flexibility um, that they've all earned because we had enormous success working remotely with also trying to be together in an office environment so that everyone's learning from an open door policy of hearing what other people are doing um, and listening in and learning in that way. And so we're balancing through that. Um, I'm sure on behalf of the teams, there's days where we're saying, oh, shoot. You know, remote was pretty good because I could sneak a workout in the middle of the day that isn't happening anymore. But for the most part, I think it's been a I'm not, I think I know it's been a, a really positive thing for everyone at the, at the company in particular, because about half of our team um, is still pretty new, call it under 18 months as, as bankers. Um, so it's great to learn in a, in a actual setting as opposed to remote setting.
0: Those are really interesting insights with respect to the process efficiencies that West Cove was in a position to exploit. I'd broaden it out and say that many startups that were born in a COVID context were able to build in those process efficiencies just by virtue of the fact that they were building processes from scratch, as opposed to larger or, or more established organizations that had to completely retool their processes in a COVID context. One question that I had for you related beyond process to, you know, how this pandemic might have actually impacted the course of the business or the deal flow that you saw. Did, were there any observed uh, differences in, in the deal flow or the way that you executed the business strategy itself of launching and scaling West Cove, given the pandemic?
1: Um, I don't think that there's been a deviation to process. There's just been an acceleration of that process. Um when I th- if you think about a, one of our recent deals we closed last month in the direct primary care space, um, this is a deal that we ran all the way to purchase agreement without ever an interaction without a, ever a face to face interaction with our with our client, which is based in Colorado. So you take it if I think back to how this would have this would have process would have been done prior to COVID, it would have been one or two meetings on behalf of West Cove with our potential client as they were elect- selecting their investment bank. Um, and then we would have been on site dra- dra- doing draft, um, draft work on the SIM. And then I think we ended up with probably four or five letters of intent on that deal. That would have meant at least that many meetings that we would have had on site in Colorado with each of those respective buyers. And so the ability to consolidate that all into a virtual setting and in a week do four meetings, um, or however many it was, because not every interested party converted to a letter of intent, so it was probably more than that. But the inefficiency that existed with having to, to deal with the logistics and the travel time and the cost, on that's a part of that, um, just created such efficiency that, um, I think we looked at this, I think, um, of the deals we closed last year i think four of them closed under 80 days from the time of launch of a profit time of a launch of a process not not signing a client but like e complete to launch until ultimately we funded the deal um you know that that was really difficult to do in lower middle market prior to COVID. it was probably more commonplace if you were doing five five hundred plus million dollar deals and those M&A transactions were already backed by private equity, so that information was, was already kind of collected, but our ability to move those quickly was, was related to the efficiency that COVID introduced.
0: I was recently reviewing the West Cove Yearn Review PDF that was circulated, and you know, clearly there were many remarkable accomplishments within the firm. I thought that I'd ask you simply, what was something that West Cove recently achieved that you were particularly proud of? I've been in awe of the compliments that we're getting from clients
1: for deals we've closed, which is very easy to pass a compliment after you've created a lot of wealth for individuals, but also the clients and the buyers in the processes for deals that we are working on. And that it's it's usually comments being directed to my team. And I think that, you know, I, I, I give, they deserve all the credit in the world for that. But that's also kind of proof that we're hiring the right people and we're spending the time when we need to, to make them good bankers or continue to develop their banking skills if they were already in it before. And that there's a, uh, there's a, there's a genuine appreciation for the work that's being done, which I don't really care so much about, but there's a, there's a, um, there's a, there's a constant acknowledgement that what we're providing for them is far in excess of what they expected. Um, and we also like, it's not lost on us that, each entrepreneur that is still selecting West Cove, and we're oftentimes in very competitive bake-off situations, contrast other bankers or bank, other firms, um, you know, these entrepreneurs are still taking a risk on a new firm. And so, like, we, we recognize how difficult a decision is for an entrepreneur to ever pick an investment bank, but then to kind of put the trust in our team um, when we're a new firm and, and, they're, and they're doing it when they've got a company that's worth 50 million or 400 million or 10 million it's the size is, is irrelevant but the fact that they're doing that and they're giving they're they're entrusting us to manage this process but then that those compliments continued those compliments come afterwards is is what i'm proudest of at this point our what we, what we our successes last year and kind of year to date are, are well beyond what we as a team thought we would we, where we would be kind of at the close of year one and um and it, obviously, it's all around how do we do it again in year two and year three and year four and, and be a little bit better each, each respective year. But um, we're, we're really happy with where we are at this point, not, not because of the number of the deals or the, or the size of the deals or the aggregated transaction value, although those are all easy things to measure. It's just because we, we know that the work that we're doing is, um, is of the quality that we set off to do.
0: Right. And, and clearly, you have assembled a team that has positioned West Cove to to execute at very high quality. I wonder also the extent to which your deal origination strategy and your selection criteria for the deals that you ultimately do take on has played a role. Do you want to shed a little bit of light on that? I do think it's played a, a big role. Um, we've said no
1: to way more clients who said yes to, um, like the stats that we track show that. Um we have, and it wasn't an easy decision. We've, we've, and you know this. I think we have terminated a couple clients in the early part, our early stages of our relationship with our clients because we didn't feel like they were either invested in the process, um, or we thought we were going to be able to get, not necessarily get to the finish line, but get to a result that we were happy with, or we thought our clients was going to be happy with. And so. You know re- re- refunding the size of a retainer to a client in the early stages of of, uh, of a startup is not an easy decision to do, but um, doing things like that have given us the ability to focus on the deals we are working on. And so we've just we it's not an easy thing to say no to a client that's wanting to work with you and pay a retainer and and um, um, and then trusting you for their process. But um, we've kind of sent the message to the entire team is that, um, we should all be deciding on which deals we take on as an organization, even if not everyone is staffed on the deal. Um, we should all be excited about the deal because I've seen it in the past. If you're not excited about a mandate, it's usually the thing at the bottom of the list of where you'll, you'll allocate your time, which is just human nature. And so we've just tried to be really selective in, in who we work with. Um, and by default, as of right now, at least we're also just pretty narrowly defined in terms of the work that we do because we're all in healthcare as of today. Um, and as that, changes or that broadens into other's, other verticals, um, which I do think we will, I'm, I'm certain we will do at some point uh, with the onboarding of someone that actually has the experience outside of healthcare. That may become a little bit more of a challenge, but um, that that I, I do think that that has been a big part of um, our success in getting these deals to the finish line.
0: I noticed that you mentioned just now that the possibility of broadening out the industry focus of the firm is something that is being considered. What are the types of signals that you would need to read or additional information that, that you would need to gather in order to determine whether or not that is the right decision for the firm?
1: I think there is value in being one-dimensional. And with healthcare being 20% of the GDP, it's obviously an enormous market. Um, and I think we'll, we could continue to have a lot of success if we stay focused on healthcare. But I do think that expansion of services is just in the best interest of West Cove. I think it's also in the best interest of our team so they can expand their capabilities beyond healthcare care themselves. Um, if you're an associate year two or year three post getting your MBA, like I think there's benefits to having a healthcare experience and maybe it's business services or, or, or um, consumer experience. So I think it's helpful for the team. Um, we will not do it without having someone come in that has an experience in a long pedigree and a long record of success in one of those respective areas. So we will not, in an ad hoc way, try to allocate our current team towards going after one of those, um, those other areas, mainly because... This myself and, and call it our VP um, and associates as of right now have just healthcare experience. And so um, I think we'd just be scrambling and struggling to f- kind of figure out how to close that first deal or second deal and third deal. Um, whereas if we could find a VP that maybe was feeling like they were hitting a ceiling at their firm or a director or a managing director and was trying to come into a startup and start something from scratch in terms of a new business area, like that to me would be really exciting to, to find that person or persons.
0: It makes a ton of sense. So switching gears for a second, I'd be curious to know, what's something that you've tried at West Cove, the results of which surprised you or resulted in something that you didn't quite expect or anticipate? I'm skirting the question, but uh, I'll, I'm gonna flip it the other way. We have had a,
1: we've had a easy time in recruiting. Um, and every offer we've given has been accepted. Um, and I think it's because i going back to your earlier comment, you know, wall Street's struggling to remain, maintain talent. And that's because they've continued to create a terrible work experience for individuals that want to be, res- want their time to be respected and want their, um, their growth, potential to be realized. Um, and I go back to what I said a couple minutes ago, asked this question a couple of years, and, and I, I hope I'm not wrong on this. But I think we've done a really good job on, on um, showcasing to, to potential team members that we, we, we are looking out for them. And we do want them to be better because in the long run, selfishly, that also benefits the firm. Um, so I would say that's been the easier thing. Um, easier than easier to do than I thought. Um, I think the hard, honestly, I, I know the, the harder thing to do, uh, the hardest thing or adjustment to, as a startup. Um, although I, I used to experience this in the past, even though the firm I was with was at it for 20 years, is you it, there is still a balance between how do you allocate your time as a banker in particular the senior level to execution, which that's why a client has hired you with origination and sourcing transactions. And I think that that probably has been one of the areas that's um, been the biggest challenge to balance. Um, and that hasn't been surprising because it's that's, there's always been a, an issue is you get so focused on how do we get these six deals closed that all of a sudden you've realized you've lost three months of trying to focus on what's filling the pipeline behind I think we've we've figured that out a little bit better as a team over the last six months, but we definitely that definitely happened at the latter half of last year. Um, And so, as I said to the team at the at the time, is like I'm so happy that happened in year one instead of year five um, because our team would have been much bigger in year five and it would have been more disruptive if we had a slow period as an organization. And so, that I would say has probably been the hardest.
0: um, That's probably been the hardest thing is how do you balance that. You know, one of the things that stands out as I'm visiting your website and going through your year in review is this notion of directing part of the proceeds that West Cove generates into various impact investing initiatives. That stands out as as being quite unusual, certainly among investment banks that we've come across. Tell me a little bit about the story of genesis of, of this decision to direct part of West Westcove's proceeds into various uh, impact investing initiatives and, and what that means to you as a professional and to Westcove as an organization. Um, that started off as like, that was the first thing that I decided I wanted to do
1: prior to even like thinking about who would be our first or second hire. And so addition of a team member, I should say, not hire. Um, That for me, I had reached a point professionally where I was at a point where giving back was important to me. And it's something that I had like really had just started to come into being able to do personally. And so when we started West Cove, what I wanted to do was not only have it happen at the West Cove level, but I also want, and it's, it is the case. I wanted to hire people that also believe that that was important for whatever community they're a part of. And so when we when we think about we think about the communities that our team members are a part of um, the African-American community, um, female entrepreneur, like, the, the, like um, female Asian cultures, L- LGBTQ, Latinx. I mean, we've got we've got people from a wide variety of backgrounds and we I want to find it. We want to find a way that how can we how can we as an organization find ways to give back? And so we, we decided on setting it as a percentage of revenue. And so it, that should allow that should be very easy for us to calculate. It's a part of every uh, employment offer that's given to an employee is that your bonus is a set percentage less this allocation of um, dollars that we as a firm will commit towards underrepresented entrepreneurs or underrepresented individuals. Um, And it can be, I say individuals and entrepreneurs because I'll explain to what we did um, last year, which was more of the individual side, but um, that was an important thing that everyone believed that this was um a good thing to do for themselves and it is a direct impact on individuals compensation as well as the firm um kind of compensation or, or firm profit um, the idea behind it is that how can we find ways to make investments into businesses um, or provide you know debt or some type of financing creative financing to entrepreneurs when they're starting to get their idea off the ground or um, invest in something that's in some some, some Something that's important from a time perspective or a dollar perspective or, or education perspective that's important to one of our team members. Um, and so last year, what we ended up doing was um, broken into um, really two big buckets. We made a pretty sizable investment um, uh, in a, um, a tech ed platform that was um, that was built by uh, two individuals from, un- from underrepresented backgrounds. Uh, and we we kind of piggybacked on an investment from Kleiner Perkins and a few other VC firms. Um, And then one of the other things that we did as an organization is UCLA Anderson, uh, which is the business school at UCLA, um, had a big part of West Coast success. Um, I'm a graduate of that program. Um, uh, Three other members of our team are graduates of that program uh, and also West Coast started through the accelerator program at UCLA. So what we decided to do was We allocated $250,000 and made an, we wrote a check last year for $250,000 and it was, um, we were fortunate in that it was matched 100%. So we created a um, $500,000 West Cove endowment that's focused on giving scholarships um, to underrepresented individuals in the business school program. And so um, that for us is really exciting because one, it's giving us a good touch point with our, um a mater for a few of us um second to that is that's where our firm started so everyone at the firm whether they went to ucla or not has an appreciation for what what we what we got out of that accelerator program uh and then third is we hope we can that'll give us the ability to stay in in that network um and hopefully find some potential investment opportunities for for us to do as an organization so that's um that that's an important thing for us i think it's um Unfortunately, it becomes one of those things that does become a little bit of a back burner to training and deals and origination. But um, it's something that's constantly in our minds and how do we think about allocating the capital that we've out, that we've generated
0: through the fees we generate kind of year to date. It's an incredibly admirable initiative, Justin. Last question: West Cove has been an early customer of Finalis. Tell me a little bit about you know your perspective on the Finalis platform and service offering. And to what extent the platform has made a difference to you and West Cove? I hemmed and hawed around, do, do we as a startup kind of operate under a no
1: action letter or not? And there's a big, obviously, a, an incredible gray area there. And I, I came around towards realizing the, um, the benefit for me personally, knowing that we were doing and approaching investment banking in the very, very best way, and in a compliant way. Um, I. Spend a lot of time analyzing things. It's in, in my nature. It's why I'm a good banker. You can imagine, I, I think I've spoke with four or five different platforms, and each of those platforms, I probably spent three or four conversations with each of them trying to decide who to use and, and which approach that I like. Um, a year and a half ago, I was a little nervous about joining a, a platform that was new, but I thought to myself, like, what? We're a new firm and we're looking for people to make it to take a chance on our firm. And so I should do the same for for Finalis, and was incredibly impressed with your 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 personal demeanor and approach uh, at, the, at that stage heavily involved with the um, kind of the sales aspect, I'm certain it's changed since then. Um, anytime I have an opportunity to share my my thoughts about Finalis, I give it nothing but like, it's been but like a five stars. Um, it's been a great experience. Um, there are moments of, of compliance frustration, but that doesn't mean that it is finalist frustration um, okay. as, a, as a team kind of learning and trying to get into the repetition of what we need to have um, reviewed and what we, do, we don't. Sometimes we just catch ourselves. Oh, shoot, we got to send this off and we're trying to meet a deadline that we've already we've set for ourselves or for our clients and forget to send something for for approval and things like that. But um, that's not on finalis to be missing um, those things. But, but when we when we are on short, um, when we are in, in, on a timetable, like your team always meets, they're always responsive. It's been a seamless process um, for the last. We're in our second year under, under the under the platform, and um, despite the growth, we still feel as though we're, you know, one of few investment banks on the platform. Even though I know that's definitely not the case anymore. So, um, raving reviews for me, and, and um, uh, we couldn't be more happy with the decision this, thus far, and haven't haven't second guessed it once.
0: Well, thank you so much, Justin, for the kind words, and, and I could just say that we are thrilled to count on you and West Cove as valued and early partners of the Finales platform, and we're looking forward to many more years in the partnership as the both of us continue to, to scale our respective businesses. With that, I just wanted to thank you for joining us today on the Pencils Down podcast. Congratulations again on your incredible successes over the last couple of years, and looking forward to speaking with you again sometime soon. Likewise, really appreciate the time and um, we will talk soon. Finalis is a broker-dealer platform with everything that M&A advisors, investment bankers, and placement agents need to succeed. We deliver a broker-in-a-box regulatory affiliation solution replete with tech-enabled compliance, research and analytics, deal lifecycle management tools, and a first-of-its-kind deal marketplace. Learn more at www.finalis.com finalis.com. You've been listening to Pencils Down, a Finalis podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show on your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. That helps us keep covering the latest in the private securities brokerage landscape. Thanks for listening. Until next time.